All right, on this edition of uh, Bull in the Basement, this is actually really cool um, because I don't know anybody that does MMA except for my current guest. Uh, literally, I don't know anybody. Um, and he does it really well. Uh, his name is Corey Norman, and I had a chance to meet him and his, uh, his girlfriend a couple of years ago. When I was doing radio, we used to do this thing called the Holiday Office Party and throw it for fans of our show who didn't get a holiday office party from their bosses. And these guys happen to be at our holiday office party. We met very briefly and have sort of kept in touch on messenger and stuff. And I've sort of tried to follow your, your MMA stuff. Um, thank you for doing this. First of all, and your story is really cool. So I, I figured this is a good way to expose you. Um, you got a big, uh, a, a fight this weekend, correct? Correct. And we'll get into that in a little bit. You're part of what's yeah. called cage wars, right? Yep. Yeah. Cage wars. Uh, they're the leading promotion in New York state. Now, if is your aspiration and I, uh, this is, if you've watched my, my podcast, anybody that's watched my podcast knows that I am all over the place. So just stay with well, me. Listen, it's like, so I'm a okay with that. That's fine. Right. right. And that's, I want to talk about what you do Monday through Friday. And then we're okay. going to talk about this. So anyway, uh, do you have, I mean, are, is this like good for you where you're at or do you have aspirations for UFC? Uh, I, I mean, I'd love to have a, if uh, there's a big pro organization out there who wants to take a look at me and thinks I'd be a good fit for them, then, then yeah, this old war horse should settle up a few more times. It's funny you say old war horse because I, I look at you and people are you're like, uh, okay, you just told me off before we started recording how old you are. I'm like, what? So you yeah. are 36 and I didn't know your history until we talked prior to, to, to going live here. And you were telling me you've been doing this since your early 20s, probably, right? Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I, I, uh, for a long time I was doing like underground stuff that, so when I got started, I was doing it in like Elmira, New York. Um, and I didn't even know it was illegal then. So I was doing stuff. So I'm like a college kid where I finally found out that it was illegal. I'm like, Oh, like, I'm thinking like SWAT's going to like bust in at any minute, like arrest me for like assault. And I'm like, I didn't know. Um, Wait, so it was uh, fight club. I mean, it was a little more organized than that. (laughs) And it seemed very legitimate, but like, I, I just, I was young and I, I really didn't know any better. So I was just like, oh yeah, this absolutely, uh, no, it was, it was completely off the books. And uh, yeah. And then I took a fight in 2007 um, and that was for power fights out in Chicago. And I won that. Um, and then I just, I kind of, I didn't fight again until 2018. So that's like a, tw- again, that's like a 12, 11 year layoff. Um, when, when life got in the way, I mean, yeah, essentially. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, uh, finished college and then I got, you know, my master's degree, I got married, I had kids, you know, that whole song and dance. And, uh, I kind of thought that was it. And, uh, I still, you know, I was coaching MMA and I was competing in, uh, you know, state championships for like submission wrestling. And I was winning those. I'm actually a five-time uh, New York state submission wrestling champion. And, uh, that, uh, that was kind of what was, you know, keeping me fed. And I was like, you know, this is, this is great. This is fine. Um, and I still felt like I had, you know, things that I wanted to do in the competitive aspect and the competitive arena. And, you know, I was, uh, you know, went through, uh, some big changes in my life and a lot of turmoil, a lot of, you know, I, as I'm sure, you know, anybody, you know, can relate to or go through. And uh, I had a lot of people coming up to me and, and, you know, telling me that they believed in, you know, what I could do and accomplish. And, I changed some things up and I called Tim Rankins down in cage wars and I you know, asked him for a fight and he set me up and, 
my my the last fight there, the first fight that I had for Cage Wars, I won in uh, you know a minute and forty eight seconds, and uh, you know I, I felt pretty good after that. And then after that, I got the light heavyweight belt, and uh, after that, I won the cruiser heavyweight belt, and then I defended the light heavyweight belt, and now. Saturday, I'm challenging for my third belt. And when I win this one, I'll be the first American to hold three consecutive belts at the same time uh, in those three divisions. Impressive. Impressive. 6'2", 235. So basically, you're equivalent of an NFL tight end or linebacker, basically. Um, so where I've, I've got to rain on your parade. So I grew up in Vermont. I know absolutely nothing about football. So you're, you're speaking Greek to me right now. I yeah, I can nod. Yeah, that sounds right. Sure. <laughs> so that's crazy to me because again, you have a, you have a great football body, but you clearly like. So, what sports did you play growing up, or were were you always just fighting in the in the in the schoolyard, and then and then a really good bar fighter, and then you decided to try to make money doing it? No, I I never got into a fight once in school. Not once. I wanted to be the best boy at every. Well, I wanted to be like the mayor of nothing. It was just like I was so nice. And, uh, I, 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 I came to like studying fighting like late in life. And, you know, my dad was a, a wrestler and he was pretty good. And I learned a little bit from him, but not, not a whole lot. Uh, some friends of mine did, you know, catch wrestling and, and I learned that from them. And that was kind of like, uh, professional wrestling at the turn of the century was real. Like it was, it was legit. Like all the submission holds were real. The pins were real. The slams drops, all that was real. Um, so that's kind of what I learned. And so like my grappling style is a little different than, you know, the standard, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or collegiate wrestling or Greco wrestling. Um, but yeah, I, I, the sports that I did in high school, I ran cross country and was awful at it. I was People thought I was the mascot. Like it was bad. It was real bad. Um, I played lacrosse. It was a little, little bit better than the, at that. But I mean, still, like you can hide a lot of sin in a team sport. Like she was still, like I'm still not very coordinated. Um, and it really came down to the rules. So like fighting just makes sense because it's like, oh, it, it's, it really comes down to what you can and what you can't do. Like if you can jump him, kick him in the head. Yeah, go for it. It's like, okay, like I got this. Let's do it. So, um, but I mean, I, I got into, you know, lifting weights um, when I was, you know, about 10 or 11 and just kind of stuck with that. And I really, you know, enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, I really didn't get into MMA until I saw, you know, a couple of UFCs and, and I was like, oh, shoot, that looks a lot like that looks a lot like, you know, the stuff that I you know, learned and picked up, you know, growing up. Uh, and then I would, you know, go to different gyms and it just kind of threw happy accidents and serendipity, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, I met some, you know, pretty important people and some pretty talented people. And I learned from them. I was going to say, you have like, again, we're going to be all over the place in this interview, but Love you, it. you have, uh, you have a look to you where obviously not only could you be marketable in what you're doing now, but I can totally see you. And I'm sure people have told you this. I could totally see you in WWE. Like yeah. you're all tatted up. Like, you know, we already told you what your folks, what your body looks like. You probably got negative percent body fat, which makes me sick. Um, <laughs> but I mean, has anyone ever told that to you? That hey, man, what you have so choices physically, right? I mean, you so I, it's funny. So no, to short answer, not really. When I was in high school, my lacrosse coach told me who is still, I mean, one of my you know greatest mentors, his name is Bucky Brandt. Um, hey, Bucky. And uh, he uh, he pulled me aside one day. He's like, you know. 
you're not very athletic. I was like, no, I, 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 I know. He was like, he's like, I know you like lifting weights. He's like, that, that's good. He's like, it'll keep you healthy. He was like, but it's like this whole, he's like, just join, join professional wrestling. He's like something. He was like, you can do that. So he is the only person who has said that now too. Now there's two people who are saying, yeah. Um, so let's get to, I'll get to the fight this weekend and, and MMA for you and, and okay. your specialties and what, why you're good at it and this, that, and the other thing, but you're an interesting guy too, because what you do Monday through Friday is pretty interesting. So people, I think people just assume that people that do MMA to make money at it, do it like, and, and I, I'm assuming guys that are in the UFC, probably that is all they do, right. Is just train nonstop. Right. Yeah. Um, um Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I got my master's degree for a reason. I wanted to use it. So um, I, but yeah, I, I teach social studies for at-risk and troubled youth. And so my question for you is, and, and you're a guy that does MMA. So when you get into the octagon and you're, you're going to do MMA, obviously there's the switch you got to flip, right? And you can't be Mr. Nice Guy. And you, and you, you, yes, you have to be controlled. You can't be reckless, but you know, when you're dealing with at-risk kids, some of whom I'm assuming might have behavioral issues. Um, All of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, I'm just thinking, you're, you're a lunatic of the octagon and you're obviously physically imposing. Um, how, do, how do you balance that with dealing with your kids day-to-day? That, I mean, it's really unique. So, I, I mean, my, I, really, the, the only kids that I lose it with on a daily basis are my daughters. But, I mean, that's, that's a, <laughs> that just happens. Um, but, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, honestly, the mental stress and the mental uh, fatigue that I experience, you know, on a day-to-day working with the, the population that I do is actually really good mental training for you know, for, for MMA, because it does teach you to not lose your cool. It does teach you to, you know, manage the expectations. It does teach you to pivot. It does teach you all the things that you need to be able to do to therapeutically manage yourself as well. Because if you can't manage yourself, you're not going to be able to do a damn thing for any of the kids who are threatening themselves, threatening others, talking about, the, you know, the horrid conditions that they are coming from. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 in a, like I said, it, the, the serendipity of the things that it's like an MMA version of Slumdog Millionaire. Like it's kind of like it, like all the things that have kind of like led me to this. Like it's oh, I guess that makes sense. And I'm not like a like a, a divine plan, you know, kind of a guy. But like it just some of the things have definitely made me go, huh? Okay. Like it just it just seems to fit. Um, and to answer your question, like flipping a switch, like it's it's not like I'm I'm always there. I'm 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 always there. And it's it's more of like. A, it's not a, it's not a cage. It's an operating room and I'm a surgeon and there's not a damn thing you can do because this is the procedure that's going to happen. Um, so, yeah. So what, what got you to the place you're in mentally, right? Cause it sounds like you're incredibly self-motivated and I, I think you have to be, if you're an individual sport, right. You're not in a team sport. So like you said, you can kind of get lost if you're in a team sport. And if you make a, a mistake, sometimes the other guys could cover up for you. Right. Um, yeah. But if you're an individual sport, you, you need to be self-motivated and, you know, just in, in the handful of times that we've talked, man, you are extremely confident. Um, you know what you sounds like, you know what you're totally capable of. Uh, and that you are pretty much every time you go into a, a, a bout, you are in a, you're on a mission, uh, to destroy the other person. 
Um, where, where did, where do you, where does that come from? Not being necessarily from the athletic world and, and all of that. And, and... <laughs> so this is again, like, I, I got to go back into the backstory, I guess. So um, the only, the only thing that I really excelled in when I was a kid was uh, sculpting. Um, and I actually, I, I apprenticed under a man named Frank Gaylord, who actually worked on the Korean War Memorial. Um, and that was back in Vermont. And I apprenticed under him for, for a little while. And I mean, but by no means was I as talented as Frank, but um, the level of dedication and attention to detail that I learned from that and the, I mean, for lack of a better word, the obsessive nature at which I, I attach myself to things. Um, right, wrong, or indifferent, because it absolutely has consequences, um, is what's gotten me here. It's the perpetual motion of focus, uh, like a shark, like I, I can't stop swimming in this or I'm, I'm going to drown. Um, and, you know, I think that's the reason why my body's held up, because, you know, when, you know, the exhaustion kicks in, it's, I don't have time to, I don't have time to, to you know, to attend to that. So brain's got to push you forward. Um, and if, you know, if you're, you know, nursing injuries, which, you know, anybody in their thirties knows that you know, if you sneeze wrong, something gets pulled. So, um, you know, trying to deal with that and manage the expectations. And a lot of people will be like, oh, well, I've got to train smarter, not harder. And it's, I struggle with that because that, that to me sounds lazy. Um, and it, you can do both. You, you can do both. It's not a, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to, you know, uh, not do anything for a week, but, you know, movement is medicine and, and all of that. But, um, to actually answer the question, it's just, it, it is an obsessive compulsion to be the best at something that I know I can do. Man, I need to get some obsessive compulsiveness and have it not be about eating. Um, yeah, that's, listen, everybody's got to have a hobby. That's how it goes. <laughs> it's not a good one. It's really fun, but it's not healthy. Listen, um, you can like a food critic corner like you could do that like i mean that's just turn the page on that right that, that's true that's true it, that's you're right direct it positive energy towards it right now how it can be used um that way yeah see this is perfect because uh you, you are almost tutoring me right now which is good because i i, yeah. I <laughs> um so let's get back to your your workout so i listen i know guys work out and and there's gym rats but you're you mentioned earlier, you know, you, you're a weight guy. So there's weight guys. And then there's a guy like you who has to do not only weights, but you got to do like stamina, agility. And there's the weight guys that are like, well, today's leg day and today's mm -hmm. arm day and today's shoulder day. And you know, you know, those guys, um, yeah. but was that you? And have you had to over the years sort of adjust how you do what you do? Obviously you have to spend time in the octagon doing that in terms of sparring and all that stuff. But like, um, have you had to sort of adjust your thinking that way too? Always, always like nobody's a finished product in, in anything, let alone, you know, life or MMA. Um, but yeah, I mean, in my twenties, I was a guy who was like, I'm going to, I'm going to just do arms two times a week. Right. That count. Like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't do anything like it. And, you know, I, again, I was a kid and I didn't know what I was doing. And then, you know, picking up things like, and I trained with Sean Pollock, who was, you know, a nationally ranked power lifter who showed me, you know, like, you know, if you're going to do a bench press, this is how you're going to do it. I was like, oh, okay. oh well, I would, I've been you know, fucking that up for a couple of years now. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the rating is on this. So no, I'll you're try good. not. No, you're fine. You're fine. Oh, okay. no kids. No kids. Um, oh, good. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I'm, I am, 
to say that I'm constantly tweaking what I'm doing is an understatement because I mean, I am lifting five to six times a week. Um, and then I am doing, you know, MMA, whether that's conditioning or whether that's classes that I'm teaching down in Orchard Park. Um, I'm doing that uh, four times a week. Um, and then if I'm, you know, doing a guest spot at other gyms or if other gyms are, you know, kind enough to, you know, uh, help me out and I'm going down there, that's another two times a week. So it's, it's a, it's a busy schedule. Um, but yeah, as far as like the, you know, the lifting stuff, I, I've got it kind of boiled down to like the primal movements. So I'm doing, you know, squats, I'm doing deadlifts, I'm doing rows, I'm doing bench and I'm doing overhead press. Like, and that's kind of like the five rotation that I'm doing. And then I'll cycle everything around those to either support that muscle group. Um, and then, you know, I'll do, I'll do, uh, I have to get better at my Olympic lifts because that's, that's a, a weak point. And I, I do definitely notice like some, you know, explosive crossover to a lot of the grappling movements that I do that I would like to get better at. Um, and that was kind of what I've been doing with like flipping the tires over my head and, and all that other stuff that people have been <laughs> such a big fan of on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I watched, I just cringe because I, I'm like, Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I listen, I'm in my fifties, dude. So like I there's 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 no going back for me at this point. I I, I no, could maybe I could, forward. What's that? I just gotta go forward with it. Right. No, you're right. Um, but it, it's yeah, your workouts are pretty remarkable and uh it, it's it's amazing. So you mentioned grappling. So in terms of MMA, what like what style uh fighter are you? Like what are your specialties? What what are you good good at? What are you working on to get better at, etc.? I mean, I'm always looking to improve just about everything. And I know that's a cop-out answer and I'll get more specific. But um, I, you know, I got started in the submission wrestling aspect of it. I mean, and I definitely like, you know, if I'm, if I'm in a bad place, like I probably go back to that well more than I should. Um, but I mean, I, the, everything is, everything is centered around finding and dragging my opponent to where they're going to be weakest. So if they are a really good striker, um, I'm going to drag them to a spot where, you know, they're not comfortable because that discomfort and that animal panic that nobody can get away from when they are that uncomfortable. I mean, that is the stuff that breaks will. And that is, I mean, a lot of people ask me like, oh, you know, do you have a preferred finish? That is, that's my preferred finish. Like when I hear that animal, like, <laughs> like when I hear that, I'm just like, I can keep going all day at this. Like that is like one of the best feelings ever in MMA, um, which sounds like I'm a sadist, but I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it is like, and at that moment, like if I can clinch up with somebody and I can feel them try to like scoot back because they're panicked about the clinch or, um, if I, you know, land a punch and I see somebody faint, you know, really kind of shirking back from the, my feints, uh, or if I land a lot of leg kicks and I see people really kind of getting ready to switch. Those, I know I I've got them. So, um, so uh, I have to ask you about pain. Yeah. Um, old friend. I, <laughs> I mean, I watch like anybody, I, I'm not admittedly, I'm not like a hardcore MMA guy, but like I've watched my share of fights. I've talked to a bunch of guys. And like every time I see somebody kick somebody, I just think, damn, that's got to that, like it's got to hurt for both guys. Like it's got to hurt your like your top of your foot and your shin and your ankle. If you're doing the kicking, then the other guy's got this giant bruise on the on his thigh. It's like it can't be good for anybody. Yeah. Oh, you're 100%. There's nothing to add. It hurts. Oh, OK. OK. <laughs> I was just making sure. 
Um, and then, uh, like, is I there mean, any? There, Go ahead. There's there's some things that you can do to condition your bones. Um, I have been, again, blessed, cursed, whatever you want to call it, with pretty naturally very thick bones and joint sites. Um, so that helps. Um, and I've never broken a bone, so that's good. Um, but uh, but yeah. Uh, you can, you can definitely mess yourself up throwing a kick. You know, I, you know, I've kicked elbows, I've kicked knees, I've kicked shins wrong. I've, you know, it, it yeah, it all hurts. Um, but I mean, it all becomes like that, you know, except it, it, I mean, it's, it's, I guess like the old adage of putting a frog in cold water and slowly boiling. It's just what you can get used to. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what I was going to ask you because the same thing, like, how could you possibly get used to getting an elbow in the face or a fist in the face? Like I haven't been in a fist fight since I was in eighth grade and I was bad then at fighting terrible. And I, I used to, because I was a bad loser on the basketball court or the football field, I would just fight people because I was a terrible loser and yeah. I would fight the worst people I could possibly fight. Like the strongest kid, the biggest kid, uh, the best athlete I'd fight him. Cause I was just an idiot and I got killed every time I fought. And I don't know how I learned not to fight anymore. It just got to the point where like, all right, this is bad. I'm taking losses one after the other. I'm just, I'm bleeding out in the loss department. I got to quit. So I haven't been in a fist fight since the eighth grade. And I also, this is this face. This face right. doesn't get need to get any worse than it is. So yeah. um, I guess I, I get again to the pain. Like at what point do you d- do this enough and take enough shots? You're like, yeah, okay. Or is it never like that? You just learn you, you've, you've been conditioned to, to, to get through it, which to me as a, as a novice, as a, as a nobody in the sport sounds impossible, but I would rather, here's a, like, I, I would rather get hit. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I don't really, so, okay. So I, I this is going to, I'll, uh, it is difficult for me to talk about my acumen and my capabilities in, in sports just because it feels like I'm just bragging. Um, but I don't really get hit all that much. Um, in my first fight against the first opponent coming back, I, I didn't get hit once. Um, and in my last fight, I got hit once. Um, so I, I, I am pretty good defensively, um, uh, because that, that is a skill as well. And a lot of people don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, and that's about managing distance. That's about managing the timing of the opponent, which you, you've got to be able to watch for. Um, and I mean, and I guess that kind of speaks to probably, I mean, my greatest attribute in this sport is like I said, my compulsion to, to train but also my fight IQ. I've not met anybody with a fight IQ like me. It doesn't mean that they're not out there. It just means I haven't come across them. Um, because recognizing that, you know, a game plan that I've been doing isn't working and then being able to change that on the fly, um, that's a skill because a lot of people will just, you know, bite down on their mouth guard and be like, no, I'm going to swing away. And it's like, you know, there, there are other ways to go about this. That's why there's an M in MMA. Um, so I, I think the... The, you know, I, I don't I don't like getting hit any more than anybody else does. But I mean, it's, it's an acceptable risk. And I, it's happened to me before. You know, I've gotten black eyes and bloody noses. And, you know, a couple of times I'm like, oh, is that tooth wiggly? Like, you know, you, you start wondering these things. But I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's like the acceptable risk of the sport. And I mean, I've already got two cauliflower ears. So I mean, there's not much else that can happen. <laughs> can you explain for people that don't know how that happens? Yeah, you talk back to your mom too much. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, 
So the the cartilage along your ears, I mean, you can get cartilage nose too, and then thankfully that's far less common because that is gross. But um, so the cartilage along your ear is basically just connected by you know small ligaments of connected tissue. Um, what happens if there's a shearing force or if there's a big enough impact that can cause shearing force? Essentially, what happens is that a pocket of you know just you know fluid, um, you know weeping fluid, will just kind of fill up in there. And I've drained this one um, and you can drain them. You can go and get them drained, but I, I drained them myself. Um, sorry, sorry, and, sorry, folks. I should have warned you ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. That the, sounds the, gross. No, yeah. Um, and painful. But, yeah. Um, and then you can put like a chip clip on it to try to keep it from like filling up. Oh, again. my God. <laughs> oh, that, that was amazing. Like, you, like <laughs> Just put it on there. Um, but yeah, you can do that. And uh, then eventually it'll fill up. And this one filled up and I just stopped doing it. And it just, it's calcified now. So, I mean, this is hard. So. Um, what is, and we haven't even gotten to your, to your fight yet. Um, do, do you, so what's your record right now? Like across the divisions? I'm five and all. Okay. So you're, this is still, you're relatively new to this. I mean, coming in your air quotes, comeback. Yeah. Okay. Um, so do you, have you had a chance to, do you scout your opponent and do, do you look at their past fights? I mean, is there a way to do that even? I don't even know. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a rematch actually. This is the gentleman that I fought for the light heavyweight title. Um, it's actually a gentleman that I'm very good friends with right now. He actually, when he called me about the fights, like, so, uh, I had two questions for you. I was like, yeah, Al, what's up? He was like, will you, uh, will you, would you want to be in my wedding party? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Sure. He's like, and do you want to fight me for the heavyweight belt? <laughs> I was like, sure, buddy. <laughs> That's remarkable. Yeah. Now he's, we, he's, he's an interesting opponent for you in a, in a lot of different ways. You're sort of tall and lean. He's yes. I'll, I'll call him stocky. I mean, is that fair? I mean, yeah, no, he says that he's the fittest fat guy that you're ever going to meet. So you're, <laughs> and you've told that to him, I'm sure. Otherwise, he's not he's not inviting you to be in his wedding. I no, I've told it like he and I have talked, and I know that he disagrees on with me on this. I think uh, after I win this fight, I want to talk to him because I I would like to see him at middleweight because even at light heavyweight, he was still. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, he just I, I think that if he got down to a, to a middle, which is 185 pounds, so if he was walking around at 200 pounds and he cut to, to middleweight, I think he would be hell on wheels. And that's not to say that, I mean, he's four, four and four right now, so his record's four and four. Um, and he won his last fight. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a very good boxer. He's a, he's a decent wrestler. Um, and he's got a lot of tools, but I, I honestly think that the extra weight slows him down yeah. from, from what I think his true potential can be. And then this is not, not said to him already. Yeah. And it says on the poster uh, that he's 260. So he'd have to drop some significant weight to get to where you think he'd be better yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but again, for a lot of you guys, like he probably has a nine to five Monday through Friday, right? Like you do. Yeah. He, um, I, want to say i think he's working in foster care right now actually okay uh, i think he's actually he's on deck to get a promotion because we were we were talking the other day about it so um what is uh your your diet like i mean are you gonna make me sick by saying you you know you're a 12 raw egg breakfast guy oh. and all you do is protein shakes and bleh, <laughs> and kale like you, you have like you have instead of uh, hamburger burrito. helper you have kale burger helper and you know 
now. Um, I, I mean, I, for, I mean, when I'm fighting at light heavy, uh, and I've got to cut weight, I mean, it is, it's, it's pretty restricted. Um, and you know, it, it takes a process to get down there. And, and I, I go about it a little bit differently than, than other people, I think, but, um, when I am trying to cut down, like all, so my normal walking weight is around 220 pounds. Um, and right now I'm 240, 242, 242 pounds. Um, and that's just to deal with the extra physics of being at heavyweight. Um, so, and I mean, I was able to put on and stack on a pretty substantial amount of muscle, um, just by, I was just eating a lot more, um, because I usually am, you know, I go into a calorie deficit and I, you know, I'll do, you know, intermittent fasting and I'll do a bunch of other things. Um, and this time around, I was just like, I was like, no, I've, just, I've literally just got to, I've got to get those calories in. Um, so it was nice to kind of eat full calorie meals. It was nice to have a little bit more ice cream this time around. Um, but I mean, it, that's not just like a, oh, I'm only doing that. I had to step up the, the weight and I did the, the intermittent overloading that I was doing on, on all of my lifts. Um, and it's, you know, it's fun to kind of see that muscle get packed on and be like, oh, oh shoot. The last time I was 240, I did not look like this. So, <laughs> so I mean, that's, that's kind of fun, but, um, the, uh, uh, I, I am interested to see if I'm able to get the extra weight that I put on now down to a point where I can manage to get to 205. That's honestly the bigger experiment. Hey, what so. do, I'm, 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 I'm assuming you have, you know, a, a primary care doctor, like what does, or, or, or maybe you have multiple doctors, but what do they say about your weight fluctuation? If, if the, if that conversation even happens. You know, well, I, I, I don't know because that is not a conversation that I would like <laughs> to weigh in on because I'm sure that they would talk about salt saturation. I'm sure they would talk about kidney damage, liver failure. <laughs> they would talk about lots of things. Um, and the way that I have been cutting, so I'm not necessarily cutting an exorbitant amount of weight because it's not necessarily hitting to the, what is it, the uh, 10% of my body weight. Um but the, when I am cutting down to 205, um, I will do a hyperhydration for about two weeks. So I'll drink two gallons of water a day. So I'm, I'm sucking down to about 16 pounds of water. Wow. Uh, and then, so the next week, what I'll do is I cut that in half. So I'm only doing a, a week of, of where I'm just drinking a gallon. And then progressively, as I go out throughout that week, my body's now used to getting 16 to eight pounds of water a day. And then I start cutting that down in half every day leading up to the fight. So I'm still excreting that much liquid, you know, and, and I'll do that. I'll step on the scale at 205, hop off. And now I've got, you know, 24 hours to put that weight back on. So then it's hyperhydration and just go back from there. That is crazy. Uh, and I'm glad you like it because, I mean, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think that's for me, man. I mean, it's part of the population has to be that guy. So I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad you're, you're that guy so you can, you can take care of that stuff. Cause I, man, beer and pizza and wings are too good to me. I mean, I just, I don't know. So one of my, so I, I would be remiss if I didn't plug one of my sponsors. So Doc Sullivan's uh, has been Tommy so Cowan. Good. Yep. Tommy. Love Tommy. Uh, but uh, he's, he is, you know, one of the main sponsors for this. So, you know, Tommy, how's it going, buddy? Um, but uh, yeah, they, uh, you know, whenever I go in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the burger of the week or the, the wings and stuff like that. Not much of a beer guy, but I mean, that's, you know, I know that's probably a sin in Buffalo too, but uh, the, uh, the, I definitely, I mean, burgers are, oh my goodness, that is, that's a love language for me. Well, well and listen, I mean, 
we're fat in Buffalo. It is what it like. It, it, that's all there is to it. And you're not. Yeah. So it's okay if you don't drink beer, right? We have plenty of other people. Again, we'll, this part of the population, we'll take care of that for you. You're good. I appreciate um, that. So I, I know. I, and by you not drinking, you can let me have more, right? Exactly. Right. Um, so, so, okay. Five fights, you're 36. Like yeah. what's, do you, Till the wheels fall off. Okay. I mean, it. you know, are there UFC aspirations? Like, what would you need to do to get a fight in the UFC, do you think? I mean, have you talked to people? Is there Are there people in your game that, you know, you've sort of said, hey, uh, what do I got to do? What, what do you think? So I would probably need an agent, um, which is not something that I've looked into. I've had uh, some pretty substantial organizations reach out, and I don't want to, you know, name names. Yeah, yeah uh, that's so- fine. Um, I've had some pretty big organizations actually reach out and offer me fights. Um, they were mostly overseas and with, you know, what I do for my nine to five, that makes it a little bit difficult. Um, so, but uh, I mean, like I said, if there is, if there's a professional organization that wants to sign, you know, somebody like me, then I am absolutely game for that. And I think I could do pretty damn well. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause your story, like, uh, this is going to, sound like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of blowing your horn a little bit, but like your story is really attractive. Like, uh, you know, your top end age wise of most MMA guys, right. Although I've noticed recently that because of the, the, the amount of time between fights, you're able to go longer in your life. I mean, that's fair to say, right. Because what's the, is it three months or something between fights? Is that right? Or is it less than that? No, usually. I mean, and again, if, if there was a turnaround and people were like, oh, you know, we want you to fight in, you know, a month or two months and, and you know, I got cleared by the docs and everything was, you know, all eyes were dotted and T's were crossed, I'd say, yeah. But the uh, the current UFC light heavyweight champion is actually 43. So, I mean, yes, yeah, right. So I, I was going to say, and I think part of the reason why you can survive and prolong your career in this sport so long is because they don't fight that much. And no. so you, you, you avoid injury, obviously, um, because you don't fight as much as you normally would or, or in other sports, whatever. You're not, you know, you're not playing every other night like you would in hockey or in basketball or every week in football. Um, well, and the other added thing is that the concussive damage is actually less than what it is in boxing because in boxing, you have the standing eight count. The standing right. eight count will fall down. You get back up and you, you get another concussion to put you back down. That's, that's right. Right. In MMA, you get knocked down. Somebody's swarming on top of you for maybe five or six more punches. And that's it. Like there's yeah. no other back up. Or if that's not their game plan, you know, and they're, they're going to choke you out or, you know, take your arm home. I mean, obviously there's there's medical issues that can go along with that, but that's on you to tap out from. So. So what gets you what gets you to doing this full time? Like what would what would need to happen for you to be full time MMA guy and and say goodbye to your students? Here's the thing. I don't think even even if this list. So let's say UFC called me and said, "Hey, we want to do a pro debut with you." Well, you know, I would. I'd still probably be teaching. Yeah. Like, uh, like, and as long as I was able to kind of clear that with you know my boss, and then you know get that to work with, then I, I I'd still try to do it. And I know that there have been guys in the UFC who have done that. Um, whether that's realistic, and I'm I'm that is just you know a, a dream far afield right now, and you know that the reality of that is not possible, then then I'd have to look at that. But most likely. It would have to be a big organization knocking on my door, offering yeah. me a contract. You well, know, so. are, are your students, are they aware that, that you do this? Oh, yeah. Are, are they your biggest fans? 
Oh my god, no. No. <laughs> god, I hope that guy knocks your ass out. Like, oh. <laughs> They'll need to get an essay. They're like, all right, fine. So that's funny. Uh, how many tattoos do you have, by the way? Yes. <laughs> uh, I I've, I've got quite a few. Um, I've got, I mean, most of my or my left arm is done. Uh, I've got most of my uh, my right arm is done. I've got one up here on my chest. I've got one on my ribs. I've got uh, one on my finger. I've got both of my calves done. And I actually, I got a tattoo gun during quarantine. So I tattooed uh, a little couple of runes on my legs or whatever and just did that. That was fun. Um, I've actually got three brands of all too. Like that's, that's one that people don't know, but there you go. Wow. I mean, now, I mean, we, we mentioned Fight Club a while back, but man, this, now we're, Along those lines, kind of sort of at this point. Damn. No, I, I got uh, when my daughters were born, I had all I had their initials branded in. So I've got Isla's initials branded into this shoulder, Elena's, and then I've got Nora's initials branded on my ribs. Okay. Um, wow. <laughs> so you're you're the only MMA guy I know, and now you're yeah. the only guy I know that's ever been branded. <laughs> yeah. And I was at I was at a, a dude ranch two summers ago. And obviously, the you know they're branding the button. Like, <laughs> who who wants to do that? You so, apparently. Well, I like here's the thing. Like I was thinking, like so my the, my girl's mom, um, she <laughs> we were the first people to do home births in Lancaster since like 1955. So that kind of tells you her mindset on certain things as well. And me as you know, father, I was very against that and i was like this is this is not how this this is some frontier tile style bullshit like, <laughs> like this is what i want okay so i'm like you know i'm, I'm saying prayers about it and you know i mean i i'll get off a soapbox on this in a minute but like women have so much that they go through with you know pregnancy and stuff like that and that was kind of like my way of of you know honoring that and and also having a connection with my kids because that's there's, there's nothing that I can do to get rid of that. Like there's no cover up. There's no removal of anything like that. Um, and, uh, you know, she was, you know, the, the girl's mom was not okay with tattoos at the time. So I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm just, I, if I can't get tattoos, I'll do this. So. And, and by yeah. the way, is there like a branding shop? Like where, where do you, where do you go and get branded? Like, how does that even happen? Do you want me to tell you, or is this well, going to make you, I don't know. Probably do not. You like What's that? Do you like barbecue? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then I, okay. Forget it. Never mind. What you do, boy. <laughs> I, have, I have fires, nails, and a torch. I'm good. I did. <laughs> That's yeah. So, so you actually created the actual letters yourself no. and then heated no. up and. So there was, so I did something called strike branding. So strike branding is. You, there's, because I, you know, your skin is not as flat as a cow's because it's, you know, you know, less surface area and it's rounded. So you can't do like a stamp brand like you normally would. So it's not one. Yeah. So Isla's brand was probably about 25 individual cauterized burns. And then Elena's was 16. And then Nora's was probably about nine or 10. So it's so like, cause it was a little piece of a nail that you heat up until it gets cherry red. You let it get bit back down and oh, pull it oh, off. Okay. 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 We're good. We're good. I, oh, uh, see, you asked the questions and I got to, we, you could have stopped me when I asked you about the pain of the kicking and the pain of getting punched your elbow in the face. You can be like, listen, dude, I was branded and I have a thousand tattoos. So 
kicking in the face and elbowing in the face and, and kicking my shin and whatever. That's nothing. Here's the thing. Getting tattooed on my ribs, far worse than branding. I thought when I, when I, this is the first tattoo I ever got was the one on my ribs. So I was like, oh, I've been branded. This will be, this will be a cakewalk. Like, it's fine. It's fine. And uh, I got, it's first time that I got hit with that needle. I felt like I was being stabbed. I was like, oh my God. I was like, no, no, no. So that was, that was an experience. Have your, have your daughters watched you fight? Have they been to a fight? They have not been to a fight. They've seen them online. What do they think? Uh, they'll give me advice and pointers. So like, yeah, daddy, they're like, what? They're like, this is just, this is just too long. They're like, could you just, could you just, I was like, oh, oh. um, I mean, the, uh, the reason why, I, so in my last fight, I ended up getting a TKO stoppage and I hit the guy about 60 times before the ref pulled me off. And, uh, I, the reason why that happened, um, was because so my, my middle daughter, um, she was like, daddy, she's like, why are you trying to just choke him? She's like, just hit him, just hit him. And I was like, Okay, Evie, like, I was, oh, yeah, it's fine. And so, like, when I was on top of him, like, I just heard her time. She's like, just hit him, Dad. I was like, oh, okay. So. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy, man. Um, and it, it's something I, I, I'm, again, I'm, another thing I'm going to leave to you. So, um, you're in charge of the MMA. You're in charge of the branding. I got a couple tattoos and they were fine. Not a big deal. But, yeah. um, um, anyway. Listen. Playing football sounds insane to me. Like when I see people get hit when they're running full speed like that, even with pads, I'm like, I no, like none of that just sounds fun. Like, so when people are like, oh, you know, MMA is a real extreme sport. Like, well, I, I'm not running full bore and tackling somebody like that's, I don't, I don't have that capability or like, I mean, skateboarding you, I'm going to throw you 20 feet in the air and just let mother earth pull you back to terra <laughs> firma. Right. No, no me gusta. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, but I think we should all just stick with golf or, or maybe even baseball, whatever, maybe. um, or putt, uh, putt putt or something. Yeah. Um, right. There's, I, I don't know if there's ever been a putt putt injury, right? There, there, there can't be right. If I there is one it. ever, do, if there's a documented putt putt injury, I want to find that guy and give him a real injury. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, Hey dude, great. This has been an awesome discussion. This is great. Um, congratulations on everything. Uh, I, I, I wish you luck, uh, this weekend, uh, after you beat your opponent, I hope he still wants you to be at his wedding. Um, and, uh, and certainly, um, before we go, let people know where you are online so they can watch your insane workouts and see all your tats and all the other crazy stuff you're doing. So, uh, my Instagram is Coco Kaboom and it's Coco underscore K a underscore boom at you know, on Instagram. And that, that's, that's, I'm not on Facebook too, but I think I met my cap for friends on Facebook. So, you know, whatever that is. Uh, and the fight will be, yeah, this Saturday cage wars. Uh, if you, the tickets are sold out. So if you want to buy it on pay-per-view, uh, go to cagewars.com. The link should be there. So if you want to buy that, um, it's, like I said, I want to thank, you know, Doc Sullivan's, uh, Julie's pizza, um, designed or, uh, customs by Shai, who, so, uh, Cheyenne, uh, who used to be my, former aide at gateway she does custom shoes she made me these dope shoes which are on my instagram um they look amazing and i cannot wait to walk out to that um thumpers things who is supplying me with all of, like my shirts and and walkout hoodie and all that stuff um you know all that stuff looks great uh blossom buffalo uh you know head on over to them they'll, they'll hook you up with whatever you need to check out all that stuff um bull I've got to, so one, I've got to thank you. And two, I've got to, I got a confession to make, man. And yeah. I, I 
I've been sitting with this for a long time. Uh-oh. So, so you know how we met at the at the the Christmas party, right? Yes, sir. Right. So I called you that day, and I was like, you know, I you know, I'm I'm quite funny about my work as well. Told you the story. So all of the people that I brought with me were my guys from MMA they, because I could not find any people from the gateway to go with me. So when you were asking like my friend, Gerald, like, Oh, you work at gateway and you work at Roswell. You're a Satan. He's just like, Ooh, yeah. so <laughs> it's like, and my friend, Tommy, who has an anxiety issue, he's like, they're going to, they're going to find out they're going to kick us out. And there would be <laughs> a place forever. I was like, nobody's going to ask. So he ends no. up sitting in the bathroom for 45 minutes. Come on. Oh, 100, but he's terrified. He's terrified that we're going to, that he, I was like, what are they going to do? They could find us out. And then like, everybody's like, what are they going to, they're going to throw us out. Nobody's going to touch us. So, yeah, that's that was, awesome. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad they enjoyed it. And I'm sorry he pre- prevented other people from going into the bathroom. I know. Right. Exactly. Which yeah. I mean, get to tell that story and yeah. God, I hope, I hope. Yeah. So I hope Tommy's okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, listen, win your fight and uh, keep in touch, man. Uh, this was a lot well, of fun. I'm glad we could do it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Paul. You got it, man. Good luck. Thanks.